following message is from the North Shore Christian Centre MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Centre is available at www.nscc.org.au. I really want you to get the teaching on this series about the importance of exchange. It's a principle understood, I think, by the majority of the world's population. And the principle basically goes like this. If you want something, you have to exchange something to get it. Hello? It's pretty simple. So I've got a question for you. What is the most recognized medium of exchange in the whole world? Who can tell me? Money. I've got 20 bucks here for the first person that says I need 20 bucks. Uh, who, who needs to, well, you've got to come up and get it. First person up to get it gets it. Can, huh? uh, well, if you want it, then come up here. I, 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 to Laura. Come on up here, Laura. Do you want this 20 bucks? Okay, well, you've got to do something to get it, okay? Come here, come here, come here. Uh, you weren't expecting this, were you, Laura? Uh, you, you were. Okay. Okay, he's, he's 20 bucks. Okay, now, what I want you to tell me is what you think that... 20 bucks can get for you? I don't know. <laughs> just, just use your imagination. If you took 20 bucks to school, what would 20 bucks get you at school? Probably a mugging. A mugging? Okay, if you... Work with me, Laura. Okay. <laughs> if you went to the tuck shop at school, do they have tuck shops at your school? Yes. Okay, what would you be able to get at the tuck shop for $20? Almost the whole thing. There's not that much there. There's not that much there. Well, just no. give me illustrations. What would you be able to get? Um, get like a pie. You could get like a twenty buck pie. No. Okay. Well, you couldn't really get anything. It'd be too expensive. It would all be too cheap. Okay, so you might be able to get what? Ten pies. More. <laughs> Fifteen pies. Yeah. Fifteen pies for twenty bucks. I'm going to go to your school, baby. <laughs> Thank you. Give her a great big applause. The point that I'm making is this, is that, is that you turn up at a place and you've got this piece of plastic and giving it to someone is able to get you 15 pies. Now, you just think about that because someone would have spent a fair bit of time, effort and energy making those pies and then with a bit of plastic, you're able to get that. Now, now I've... I've got some other money. It's called Indian rupees. Now, if I went to Laura's school, not with 20 rupees, but with 300 rupees, what would I be able to get with 300 rupees at Laura's school? Sorry? No, you'd be able to get nothing because they would not accept that currency. Matter... <laughs> Just if you take it to an exchange in Sydney, you'd still be able to get nothing because outside of India, rupees, nobody wants. Am I right or wrong, Fuji? Tell me. You want it because you go, to, you, you, you go back and forwards to India and you know that, that with the rupees, if I go back to India, I'm able to use 300 rupees. Matter of fact, someone put a couple hundred rupees in the offering last week and it's sitting on Sandra's desk. And she's thinking, what do I do with this? And, and so we're looking for a missions team that can go to uh, India because it is right. So, so you understand that for exchange, not only do you need money, but you need 
the right money. Okay? You need the right currency. Now, now the thing is this, that if Laura with the 20 bucks goes to Tiffany's in Sydney and says, I like that bracelet. He's $20. Can I have it? What will she be told at Tiffany's? Uh, You can have one link for $20, but not the bracelet. Why is that? Because she doesn't have enough money to exchange what she wants. And so here's the principle that not only do you need the right currency, you need the right amount. It was really funny. The other day, Anne and I were at Quattro Formaggi, this wonderful deli uh, delicatessen in, uh, at uh, Warringah Mall, and just the smell of all the different cheeses and salami is beautiful. If you want to get a high, just go in there. And so I, I bought my provolone picante, very, very nice provolone. It's a cheese that bites back. How many of you think that cheese ought to bite back? Well, provolone picante, you bite it and it bites back. You can feel this this punch. And so we're waiting at the line, and it was just so beautiful because this, you know, this lady was there and she had a little baby and she had a little kid who was maybe two or three years old. And mum's waiting in line with all the cheeses and salami, and the little kid who's about two years old pulls out a two dollar coin from his pocket and he's wanting to do the gentlemanly thing and pay the bill for his mum. And it was just so beautiful. So the bill came to, you know, $500 or whatever it was and and he's given the $2 coin and and mum says, I'm sorry, but it's not the right amount of money. It's not that the $2 wasn't recognized. He just didn't have quite enough to pay the bill. So what am I saying? This is what I'm saying that I really believe that for every breakthrough, you need to know what the exchange price is. And every single one of you, I don't think there's one person in this auditorium that doesn't need a breakthrough. Is there anyone here that doesn't need a breakthrough somewhere in their life? Is, I mean, are you content, totally content with everything you have and you're not believing for anything else? I really believe if if you've reached that point, then let's send you to heaven straight away because you've accomplished your purpose here on earth. But uh, the point that I'm making is that we all need a breakthrough. And if you don't need a breakthrough, then you need a vision to get a breakthrough because life needs to be big and large. But in order to get a breakthrough, then we need to understand the exchange price. And we have to learn two things that I want to share with you tonight. Number one is the right currency to use. And secondly is the amount that you need. So can we open our Bibles to Genesis chapter 24 and read one of the most beautiful stories in the whole Bible. If you just want a story, Genesis 24 is one of the most beautiful stories in the Bible. I love Genesis 24. What a wonderful story it is. And I haven't got time to read the whole chapter. But if you're looking for a wonderful story tonight, before you go to bed, don't watch the movie. Read Genesis chapter 24 and you will enjoy this amazing, amazing story. And you say, well, what's the story? Well, the story is about Abraham wanting his son to get hitched. He looked at his boy and he said, mate, you've been living at home for too long. You need to, you know, spread your wings and get married. But then Abraham says, but I don't like the Aussie girls. 
<laughs> I don't like the girls in the country that we're living in. I, I like my relatives better. And so what he does is he sends his servant to his hometown to find a wife for his son, as all good fathers do. They pick. They pick for their kids. And uh, can you imagine, Christelle? No. Nah. She's, she's just shaking her head saying, uh-uh. <laughs> Isaac, you'd like that, wouldn't you? You'd like your dad to pick, huh? Maybe not. Is there anyone here that wants their dad to pick the wife for? Is there anyone here? No. <laughs> is there, are there any parents that want to pick for their kids? Okay. <laughs> there you go. And so he sends Isaac away and he says, he says, I want you to find the wife. And not, not Isaac, the servant. Get hold of, talk about pressure. He says, I want you to go and find a wife for my son. That's incredible pressure. And so he says, so the servant says, well, God, you've got to help me. You've got to help me here because otherwise, you know, I, I'm going to blow this thing apart. And so what he, what he does is that he puts out a fleece. He puts out this fleece. How many of you know what a fleece is? I know it's Christianese. It, he puts out this, this test is probably a better word. And he says to God, okay, God, here it is. Let me read it to you in verse 14. He says, now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher of water that I may drink. And she says, drink, and I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac, and by this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. So he puts out this test. He travels to Abraham's hometown, and he parks himself at the well with 10 camels. How many of you have got any idea how much a camel drinks? Has anyone ever seen a camel drink? Now, you understand this, that a camel will go for days in the desert without drinking. But when it's time to drink, baby, it's time to drink. And so we're talking about not just a sip. We're talking about guzzling it down. And we're talking 10 camels. And they drink gallons and gallons. And so here's the test. Okay, I'm going to ask someone for a drink. And when they offer a drink then the right person will not only say, Sir, yes, of course, have a drink. Now I will go and give drink to your ten camels as well. But what happens in this wonderful story is that this young woman comes along and her name was Rebecca. Everybody say Rebecca. Or if you're really Aussie, you'll say Beck. So Beck comes along and, um, and, and so the servant says, Hello, can I have a drink? And this is what she says. Now, the young woman was very beautiful to behold. Verse 16, a virgin. No man had known her. And she went down to the well, filled her pitcher and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, please let me drink a little water from your pitcher. And she said, drink, my Lord. Then she quickly let the pitcher down to uh, her hand and gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. So this is the way that this works. I want you to get hold of this story. 
because this story is so beautiful. But in this story is the seed of the principle that I want to share with you. Abraham's servant had worked out the currency of exchange. And the currency of exchange that he was looking for wasn't a sandwich. It wasn't a meal. It wasn't a handshake. It wasn't a nice smile. He wasn't looking for a sandwich, a handshake, or a nice smile. What was he looking for? He was looking for water. So the currency that he was looking for was water. But it wasn't just a glass of water. It wasn't just a drink for him. It was gallons and gallons and gallons or liters and megaliters of water. And, and so it's not just the currency he was looking for, but the amount that he was looking for. And what happened with Rebecca is that she turned up and she had the right currency. She says, I've got water. And what have I got? I've got water not only for you, but for all of your camels. And so when she paid that exchange price, he opens up. I mean, he is just overwhelmed. And this is what it says in verse 19. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels until they're finished drinking. Verse 20. Then she quickly emptied a pitcher into the trough, ran back to the well to draw water and drew for all the camels. And the man wondering at her remained silent so as to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. So it was when the camels had finished drinking 35 days later, no, it doesn't say that. I just added that one in. That the man took a gold nose ring. How many of you know that's very romantic to give a girl a nose ring? And <laughs> it's, it's just, it's positioning for the future. And I'll leave that one alone, okay? A nose ring where, weighing half a shekel and two bracelets for her wrists, weighing 10 shekels of gold. And said, whose daughter are you? Tell me, please, is there room in your father's house for us to lodge? So she said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, Milka's son, whom she bore to Nahor. Moreover, she said to him, we have both straw and feed enough and room to lodge. Then the man bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his mercy and his truth towards my master. As for me, being on the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. And he actually met the relatives of Abraham. And the very purpose of his journey was fulfilled that day. The beautiful story ends like this. Because Rebecca paid the exchange price that she did without knowing it, she ended up not only getting gold, a nose ring and bracelets, but she ended up getting a husband. She ended up getting Isaac, the son of Abraham. And beyond all that, she ended up getting a place in history. Rebecca is forever known as the wife of the patriarch Isaac. She is forever known in history books right around the world today as the wife of a patriarch. And she started that journey simply through an exchange price of water for Abraham's servant and for the camels. You say, John, why are you saying that? Because I really believe that for every breakthrough, you have to discover what the currency of exchange is. There's a currency of exchange for your breakthrough. 
And what you've got to do is ask God to show you what the currency is. See, we think that money buys everything, but money doesn't buy everything. Money buys goods, but there's a lot of things that we need that are not goods. We need stuff. I mean, tonight I want to speak to you about relationships because with a lot of people, relationships either can create a lot of joy or a lot of grief. How many of you have discovered that? And maybe some of you are suffering grief because of broken relationships. Now, how many of you know that money just can't buy good friends? They'll buy friends for a season. The prodigal son found that out, but they won't buy friends forever. And so what do we need? We need other things. And so what I want to do tonight is give you three good currencies for relationship breakthrough. Are you ready for this? Three good currencies. Here it is. The first currency is loyalty. There's a scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. And you've got to understand the context of 2 Timothy. This is Paul's last letter. This is the last letter that Paul wrote. This is his last writings And this is what he says about a certain guy called Demas. He says, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. But the next verse he says, only Luke is he with me. And so what Paul was saying here is this, is that Demas proved himself to be disloyal, but Luke is with me to the end. He is incredibly loyal. I really believe that there is nothing that can damage a relationship quicker than betrayal. There's nothing that can damage a relationship quicker than shooting through and just leaving people alone. There is nothing more beautiful than having loyalty and commitment. Matter of fact, I believe that the foundation for every good relationship is loyalty and commitment. I really believe, you know, one of the things that my boys... uh, gauge their relationships with is whether they're willing to go to war my son steve he he looks at a person he thinks would i go to war with this person in the trenches we're fighting mano on mano would this guy be with me right at the end protecting my back or would he shoot through when the going gets tough and so he gauges his friendships based on the loyalty and commitment that people give whenever i do a wedding one of my messages that I just can't not use is a message that basically says that the foundation for every good marriage is commitment, is loyalty. This whole foundation stone that, that, that someone says to another person, I promise to be with you in the good times, in the bad times, in the rich times, in the poor times, in the healthy times, in the sick times. I'm going to be with you until death do us part. Wow. That is just, that is awesome. I love that. I made that commitment to Anne 29 and a half years ago. This is, this, at the end of this year will be our 30th wedding anniversary. And I've stuck to my word, this commitment and loyalty. And it's created a foundation stone for our marriage, for our relationship. How many of you know that people come and people go out of your life, but those relationships that are there through the thick and thin, they're the ones that are so precious. They're the ones that are just so amazing where people are loyal and committed. That's one of the greatest currencies for relationship breakthrough. And I want to say to you that when you take that away, it just breaks down relationship. 
the thing is this, that if I prove to be disloyal to Anne, if I cheat on her, you know what that does? That breaks the relationship. It doesn't do anything to mend it. It breaks it. That's in a marriage. But say, as a friend, if, if, if I start to divulge confidential things, if I start to speak behind someone's back, if I start to tear them down, that destroys relationships. I would hate to be in a room with people and then leave the room to go to the bathroom and start thinking, oh, now they're going to talk about me behind my back. What is that? That's just, that's just ridiculous. That sort of currency does not build strong relationships. But what a wonderful thing to know that someone's looking out for you. Someone's loyal to you. Someone's committed. And if that's what you want, that's what you need to build in your relationships. Give loyalty and commitment. And you have got the currency for breakthrough in relationships. Let me tell you the second uh, currency that's so valuable in relationship breakthrough is kindness. Kindness. I love this verse in Acts 27 verse 3. It says, and Julius treated Paul kindly and gave him liberty to go to his friends and receive care. The reason I picked this verse of all the verses in the Bible is because I love that line, and Julius treated Paul kindly. Now, I picked it more so for the word Julius than the word kindly. The reason I picked it was because Juliano means son of Julius. And so I thought, this is an opportunity for me to brag about my surname because for years I was embarrassed about my surname, hoping that it was Smith or Jones and ended up being Juliana. But there we go. There's not too many sons of Smith or sons of Jones in the Bible, but there's Julius in the Bible. Anyway, just after that indulgence, let me move on with, the, with what the Bible teaches, that here's this guy that gets mentioned by Luke because he treated Paul kindly. The ex- currency of exchange that got his name in the Bible was kindness. You can't be nasty and think that you'll get a breakthrough in a relationship. Nastiness will get you nowhere in relationships. But kindness will open doors for you. I want to say to you that if in any work relationship, in any business, kindness will get you a lot further than nastiness will. How many of you have been exposed to nasty people? Yeah, all of you. Those of you that didn't put your hands up, what is, are you listening or not? Huh? You're just, you're just giving me a hard time here. How many of you have ever encountered nasty people? Huh? That's it. Is there anyone here that hasn't? Okay, because you can't be alive and not encounter nasty people. But how many of you go out of your way to befriend nasty people. Do you really go out of your way to befriend them or do you just sort of say, whoa, let's back away slowly. Just get out of the way here because this person is nasty. But then kindness does exactly the opposite. Kindness is incredibly attractive. When someone is kind and nice and gentle and just loving, there's just something beautiful about them and it draws relationships. I really believe that every relationship breakdown involves someone being inconsiderate, 
someone being perceived as nasty. Now, 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 in actual fact, the person might not think that they are, but what you think and the other person perceives may be two different things altogether. You know, I hope that I don't communicate nastiness, but sometimes just walking past someone not saying hello could be considered as being nasty. And you think, man, that's not in my heart. But they can perceive it and can break down relationships. But kindness will always break through. I really believe that kindness, consideration, being nice is an absolute winner in any broken relationship. Now, can I say something to some of you? That some of you are in relationships that are broken down because the other person has been nasty. This is the question that I've got for you. Do you want that relationship to be healed or are you happy just for it to be broken? Because if you want it to be healed, then you need to find the currency to bring healing and breakthrough. And fighting fire with fire will never bring you the breakthrough. Fighting fire with fire will create more separation than unity. So he is my proposal to you. Find the currency of kindness and start giving it. Now, initially, it might not be quite enough. Initially, you find the right currency, but you've got to give the right amount. But I want to say to you, by, by constantly investing kindness, one day you will hit the jackpot. You'll hit the amount of currency that will bring the breakthrough. And kindness will win every day. But it depends upon you whether you can pay the exchange price to get the breakthrough. And I find that with a lot of people, and we've done a lot of counseling and try to do restoration, some people are not prepared to pay the price to get the breakthrough. They pull back, and some people pull back just before the price is reached. And you know what? With some people, I just don't know what the price, I don't know how much kindness, currency one has to give to get the breakthrough. But I want to say to you that eventually kindness will break through. Here's another currency that I really believe is a powerful relationship breakthrough is encouragement. Everybody say encouragement. Are you with me tonight? So what was the first currency that will get you a breakthrough in relationship? What was the first one? Loyalty. What was the second one? Kindness. Here's the third one is what? Encouragement. In Hebrews 10.25, it says that the main responsibility of the church, when we get together, the Bible says don't forsake the gathering of one another. Don't forsake the assembling of one another. And when you do, he's your main responsibility to exhort one another, to encourage one another. So, so what I want every single one of you to do before you leave here tonight is to find someone and encourage them, okay? And when you come tomorrow, find someone and encourage them. And when you come next week, find someone and encourage them. Why is that? Because this world is constantly pulling people down. This world is constantly telling you, you don't quite make the grade. You're not tall enough. You're too fat. You're too skinny. You're too ugly. You're too old. You're too young. You're too this. You're too that. 
And, and too often people look in the mirror and they don't like what they see. I mean, there's not too many Fonzies around. How many of you remember Happy Days with Fonz? He'd look in the mirror and he'd go, hey. Huh? This doesn't happen. With most people, you, well, you know someone that's like that. Okay, but most people, they look in the mirror and they don't, I don't like what I see. And they're just pulling themselves down. Why? Because they're exposed to a world that's pulling them down. And if you're a parent, one of your biggest responsibilities is to lift your kids up. Don't ever put them down. Don't ever call them stupid. Don't ever call them an idiot. Why would you do that? God never creates idiots and stupids. God creates beautiful creations. And that's what you are. You're beautiful. You're wonderful. You're, you're, you're amazing. And you need someone in your life that will tell you that. And then what's more, you need to be one of these people that tell other people that. And you're lifting them up, encouraging them. How many of you know that if you're an encourager, you'll never fall short of friends? How can people will seek you out? They want to be with you. But they don't want to be with a misery guts that every time you open your mouth, the world's terrible, and this is over you and you and, and, and you're fighting people. What is that? That's whoa, let's back away slowly. Let's see if we can escape this relationship but if you're an encourager people will seek you out because people love the currency of encouragement i want you to just to grab hold of this teaching and say man what an incredible exchange that is that when you speak genuine now how many of you know that some people just gild the lily some people what they say you know that they're not sincere and you just back away from people that are insincere. And I just want to say to you that you've, there are plenty of things that you can sincerely encourage people over. And, and you know, as a husband, I'm, I'm incredibly honest with Anne. And so if she, uh, and, and guys, you've just got to work out that, that, that women are incredibly sensitive when they ask you for compliments and when they ask you for stuff. But they also know when you're, you're saying lies. And so if Anne takes me shopping and she puts on a, a particular dress and I don't like it, then I, I'm not going to say to her, oh, man, that was just like a nightmare. You, what are you? I'll say, hey, I, hey, I really like the dress that you wore before that one. And so she gets the message that this one isn't quite as nice as the other one. But if I just say, man, you look like the side of the barn in that. Does your backside look big in that? That's all I can see. I mean, you just hear what I'm saying is that there's, there's great encouragement and there's false encouragement. And if, if everything you say, oh, that looks fantastic. That looks great. That looks amazing. And you look fantastic in that. Then she'll never trust that you're telling her the truth. And people need to know that you can speak the truth in love and build them up while you're doing that. And so that's really important, that encouragement comes across sincerely rather than insincerely because people can see through that. And if it's insincere, it won't accomplish. It's the wrong currency. And it won't accomplish what you're trying to exchange and what you're trying to buy. So here's what I'm wanting to say to you, that if you need a relationship breakthrough, Here's the currency. Pull out of your wallet some loyalty, 
some kindness and some encouragement and start just handing it over. I don't know how much you have to hand over to win that relationship, but I'm telling you that through loyalty, through, through what was the other one? Kindness and through, what was the third one? Encouragement. That's good. I'm glad that you're listening tonight and you start forking it over. We're talking amount. With some people, you need a lot of it to get the breakthrough because there's a big separation. With other people, just a little bit gives you the breakthrough. I, I don't know how much you will need to get the breakthrough in the relationship that you're in, but let me tell you, I guarantee this, that if you constantly put in loyalty and kindness and encouragement, that sooner or later you get a breakthrough because it's the exchange price. And that's just one illustration. And I could go on and on and on, and I will next tomorrow and next week and the week, maybe the next week after about different areas and what's required to be the exchange price for the breakthrough in that area. Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Centre Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials. 